Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 435, I think. With me sure. today, my That's name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Uh, no complaints. No complaints on this end. This week on the show, we'll be covering Slam Dance 2022. So we've got a bunch of movies that we're going to be talking about that uh, were screening online at Slam Dance this year. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be the bulk of the show. No watch list because I think we got a bunch of a bunch of slam dancers to go over. And then we'll be going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be extremely helpful. Where do you want to start? Slam Dance 2022. It was online. I think it's still happening, actually, yeah, as I, of this I, recording. Yes. I don't yes. know when it ends. I think it ends the 7th, I want to say. I feel like it's the 7th. Okay, so probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll be over. It'll be now, over. they are doing this like Slam Dance channel thing, too, where... It's like uh, it's like their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. So if you're subscribed to that, I don't know if like it'll be available longer if you're a member of that. But that's like seven bucks a month or something. Yeah. And it's going to be like a, a catalog of like past um, entries in the festival and stuff. So that's kind of cool. So where where do you want to where do you want to start? We saw we saw a bunch of stuff. I think that there's a significant amount of overlap in the movies that we saw. Yeah, I think you just you start, you pick one, I'll pick one. If we both watched it, we'll have a discussion. If not, tell me about it or I'll tell you about it. All right. Well, I'll just go in order in the ones that I saw then, which the first one was The Civil Dead by Clay Tatum. Also the first one that I watched. Yeah, I don't know. This was like one that that sort of interested me the most mm-hmm. uh just because it seemed now i think a lot of the the titles at slam dance this year did seem interesting but this one i don't know it just kind of stuck out to me this uh it stars clay tatum and whitmer thomas and they kind of play versions of themselves in a way mm-hmm. and uh you have the 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 premise of this i'll read the synopsis a misanthropic, struggling photographer just wants to watch TV and eat candy while his wife is out of town. But when a desperate old pal resurfaces, his plans are thwarted with spooky consequences. <laughs> um, so what you have here is is Whitmer Thomas. Is it a is it a spoiler? Like to say? Don't, I don't think so. I don't I think mean, so either. <laughs> he's a ghost. So he is. He's a friend. And it turns out that he he died and is is now a ghost. And his friend Clay is the only person who can who can see him. Yes. And it turns out that that Whitmer Thomas is he's a little needy. He's a little he's a little clingy. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, given the circumstances. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of understandable. It, yeah, it's it's confusing. It's scary. It's it's lonely. You know, he's just kind of wandering. He doesn't know what's going on, and so he he sort of attaches himself to his buddy Clay, and you know, it's a dark comedy ensues. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this. I thought that this was uh, was quite good. I, I I had a really good time with this one. Yes, I found this to be pretty damn funny. Uh, lots of good jokes in there. And I just like the mechanics of this. Of, you know, it's like really small scale. It's not like there's a ton of like special effects or anything, mm-hmm. except for that one guy getting sucked off in the alley. <laughs> but, <laughs> but everything is, just, you know, is I love the mechanics of how they kind of work this all out which is he can't really touch anything or do anything like he says everything weighs like a thousand pounds so it's not like he can do you know the pick stuff up and like spook people he just kind of 
walks around. He can't open doors, so you have to, you know, keep the door open for him, for him to be able to, you know, move in and out of places, which leads to, you know, some fucked up decisions on Clay's part, which is the thing that surprised me the most, is the way where this movie was going towards the end. I had a feeling so that did it was going to end a certain way, but I was just like, I don't know. To me, that was just like one of the most fucked up things I've seen. Yeah, it's super fucked up. Anytime something like that happens in a movie, especially when you're dealing with someone who presumably is uh, is is going to live for eternity, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, and I wasn't expecting that, you know, for the the majority of this movie, I was just like, man, this is just, this is a fun little ghost story. I love how they're kind of riffing on Casper the Friendly Ghost. Mm-hmm. And they're just having fun with the the, the, the comedy. He's great. A lot of great psych gags and stuff. Uh, you know, and then where it ends up in that 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 final act, it's just, I don't, like, it, it got me. It's just like, you know, one of the most emotionally fucked up things I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. And, and of course, they allude to it at the, the opening scene. Yes. Which I liked. I like how they did that. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dark. I like that the, there was a joke about Joe Rogan in there. They, they made fun of Joe Rogan, which I thought was pretty funny. They make they, they, There's a lot of good stuff in there. Him karate chopping <laughs> all over the place, Mr. Blueberry, the 5G. It is kind of an interesting dynamic where you have a ghost, and, and like a lot of times with ghosts, they, they, they're sort of, they can just kind of go wherever, you know, because they have no mass, so they can just like go through walls or whatever. But in this instance, he's just trapped in whatever, you know, if he's in a room and the door's closed, like he's he's not leaving that room there. or a car yeah. or wherever. Yeah, which that's what I liked about this is you know they kind of came up with their own mechanics to it, the logistics of this, which kept it interesting and fresh to me. And then the comedy just worked like gangbusters for me. <laughs> the dynamic between uh, Clay and Whitmer Thomas, or Wit as he's called in this movie uh, i think is is really good they have a really good oh, yeah. dynamic it's just it's it's a joy to watch i just i had so much fun with this yeah and then you know again it kind of got me with that gut punch at the end which i was i wasn't necessarily ready for which turned it into something more for me because if, if you didn't have that at the end i would just be like oh you know this is a nice small scale you know indie comedy good stuff you don't get a lot of these yeah at first you're you get like some some uh maybe some like what about bob type of feelings where you have this kind of guy who latches himself on to to this other person he can't really get rid of him maybe even some cable guy vibes you have like the kind of darker comedy of yeah because you you have that added caveat of no one else can see him mm-hmm. so it's not just like he's there bothering you it's he's there bothering you and if people see you interacting with him you're the crazy one gonna, yeah they're gonna think you're crazy and your life's ruined yeah i like that i like the i like the idea of playing with the dynamics of okay i need to communicate with this person but i need to do do so in a way where like no one else can see me communicating with this person so you have to like do like get them into the car and do it like that so I th- yeah i think that's kind of a a fun dynamic as well yeah, yeah i really enjoy this. Like- i i definitely recommend this one whenever whenever this drops I, i'm sure that this is going to get picked up by some oh, somebody yeah this this will definitely get picked up and and release this feels like a gravitas Maybe maybe a Gravitas uh, release or something. Yeah, because if you think about this in terms of like the last, you know, several years, to me, now I haven't seen a ton of them, but I also don't know if a ton of them exist. But it has to be like one of the better indie comedies that's come out in the last several years. Yeah, 
I would I would say so. I would definitely say so. Yeah, keep an eye out for the Civil Dead, and if you're if it's still available on Slam Dance, I would I would highly recommend it. Well, and that's the crazy thing to me for Slam Dance, which just as a festival when it's you know when when they're doing the the online that is insane to me. Like seeing the Civil Dead to me is worth ten dollars alone. Yeah. I mean, I, so I didn't cover Sundance this year, but I did buy some individual tickets for movies that I wanted to see online. And they were, they were 20 bucks a piece and they were not, I didn't enjoy them as much as the civil dead, either of them. So well, and also the crazy thing is, you know, the way Sundance is set up is you buy the ticket and you have a time that, you know, you're you have a watching three hour window. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're paying 10 bucks and you just have at it. Yeah. Watch whatever you want to watch whenever. It's a way better system. Way better. It's insane. It's insane. That's what I mean. Like $10 for the civil dead. And then you have access to how many other movies? Yeah. Like a hundred. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. They they definitely did it the right way. Plus, you got uh, Robert Longstreet in there. Good stuff. Oh yeah, well Longstreet, yeah, he's always he's always a bonus in anything. Oh yeah. All right, so that's the Civil Dead. What do you what do you got next on your list? The next one that I have is Yelling Fire in an Empty Theater by Justin Zuckerman. I saw this, I saw was, this one as well. Well, I figured you probably would with it being a New York story. This is the story of your life, Adam. Just about, right? <laughs> yeah. Moving from Florida to New York City, it's the Big Apple. Exactly what I did, yeah. And you wanted all your dreams to come true. Uh yeah, I mean for, fortunately, like for me, things worked out a little bit better than it, th- yeah, than the lead it, in this movie. I think it helps with being older and more established. Could be, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't... It, yeah, I mean, it was... A, interestingly, when I did move to New York, I was only living there for, like, maybe a month before I got laid off from my job. So it was a little oh, bit yeah. stressful when I first moved there. Because <laughs> my, my wife went moved... She didn't have a job either when we first got there. So, yeah, it was it was a little stressful at the beginning. But, you know... I forgot, about, I forgot that that happened. Yeah, but is, it, it worked out. Which is kind of, you know, what, what happens here with Isadora Oliva is she moves from Florida to New York City. And she has all these hopes and dreams. She's so excited about this. And when she gets there, it seems kind of set up like things are going to work out. She this kind of a, a bumpy start where she's moving in with these roommates. and But she know, has her boyfriend plans. there. Yeah, and there's plans that when his lease is up, they're going to find a place, all that stuff. And then, you know, of course, none of the stuff works out, really. But I, this is another one that I, I pretty much enjoyed. Uh, it has the, the interesting aspect of it is it's shot in mini DV. Which I liked a lot, actually. Yeah, I did too. I mean, it looks really... Uh, rough. I don't, I don't want to... <laughs> yeah, it looks rough, but it's a good movie. You know what I mean? Like, it just looks rough, but I think that adds to its charm. I agree. I, I like that they made the decision to shoot it on mini-DV. I don't know if it was a a budget thing or if it was a creative, uh, like a, a deliberate creative decision to shoot it on mini-DV. But for me, it it worked. It felt very, very much like one of these kind of 90s uh, New York indie films. That that mm-hmm. just was was just sort of exploding back then. It it just had that same that kind of indie zine vibe to it to me, and I really enjoyed that. I liked this movie overall as well. I, I liked the the main character. I was rooting for her the entire time, and I I, I definitely it it definitely feels like that kind of New York. New York situation like I've I've been in situations like that and yeah it, it definitely hits close to home for me and I just I, I enjoyed the the atmosphere of this overall like just the overall tone of it it was just a good time 
I enjoyed much of the comedy mm-hmm. in it. It's funny. It's I think <laughs> I think I mean just it, it starts out strong with her meeting the roommate and just the 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 paint thing and just like all of <laughs> just the the crazy the just the crazy situation that she finds herself in like immediately. Yes, quickly establishing that the things aren't what she thought they were going to be. Yeah, and like the first time that we meet, we meet the boyfriend. I was like, this guy, this guy's a, a, a loser. This, this, this guy this is an a hole. This fucking guy. It, it was a, like immediate. Like the second that we met him, I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a fuck ass. Yeah, this is this is not good. This is, things aren't going to go her way. No, and they don't, and they compound. And they continuously don't go her way. And this is another movie that had a, a surprising mm. aspect at the end that I did not see coming at all. Uh, well, yeah, this one was this one really <laughs> throws you for a loop at the end. You're just like, whoa, what? Uh, yeah, this one is this one has a pretty crazy ending. I mean, thankfully, nothing like that ever even came close to happening to me in New York. So very thankful for that. But. There's just a, there's a, just a lot of small stuff, a lot of small moments of comedy in here that I just I keep like for whatever reason that when she has she gets that temp job at the like the travel whatever yeah. the fuck you do it's not even a real place <laughs> no no it's, it, it, like I don't even think like what was that like what was that that room that they were in like that looked like know. it was just a room in like a random apartment building or something. Yeah, they just ran it out of closet. But I love when they finally get a phone call. And he, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. like, this job is so easy. Yeah. And I like, of course, yeah, she's I like obsessed that guy. with that doing guy New York funny. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going to Times Square and all of that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I definitely one, recommend. I also recommend this one. I think... I don't think that this one it ha- will have the same kind of mainstream appeal as uh, The Civil Dead. I and to be clear, I don't think the Civil Dead has much mainstream ap- appeal uh, in and of itself. But I think that this one is is definitely more for the kind of indie indie movie crowd. Um, just just because of how it's shot and and the the tone and and all of that stuff. But I think that it definitely has an audience. Oh yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it and I can easily recommend it. It feels like, you know, a lot of these movies when you watch them and, and, and you know, we've covered Slam Dance for many years now and when you see it a Slam Dance movie, you you can kind of tell. You're like, "Okay, yeah, this this definitely feels like a Slam Dance uh, yeah. movie." <laughs> yeah, no, you know exactly what you're going to find with Slam Dance. And I got to say they do a really good job of getting those movies that are like the cream of the crop. Right. Because there's so there's, there's so many, like there's just so many and the programming in this festival, it's like they, they know exactly what they want and they're able to, to, you know, find it because I've of the movies, like of the movies from the, from this year, like they all have that kind of similar, that similar tone. And, uh, it's just, they're, they're, they do such a good job of curating uh, this festival, and I, I'll be the first to say, like there there have been some years where I thought that Slam Dance was falling off a bit. Like there were some years where I didn't like anything that they had that I saw, but recently I feel like that they've been sort of turning it around and coming back. And I don't know if this I don't know looking at it overall, and, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I don't know if this year is as strong as. Last year, but um, I, I still think that there were some some really good uh, highlights. One of them being uh, Hannah, ha ha. Oh yeah. Which uh, this ended up being my f- my favorite of the festival. This was this was my top my top pick of the festival. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, so this is directed by Jordan uh, Tatuski and Joshua. Pikovsky and it involves a, a a young woman who is turning 
26, so she's about to get kicked off of her dad's health insurance, and she has to. She decides that she's gonna try to get a real job. So she previously did sort of odd jobs here and there. She taught guitar lessons. She worked on a farm. Uh, she just did things here and there to to make money, and she lived a happy life. And she had, you know, a good circle of friends and she had a good relationship with her dad and her brother and this all kind of gets disrupted when she decides that okay I, I need to try to find some a real job that's gonna you know afford me health insurance and maybe like a retirement plan or something you know time to time to get time to get serious as an adult yes and uh, I, I loved this movie I do have one major criticism with it and that is, um, I actually didn't like how this movie looked. Um, it is oh. shot on 75 millimeter, which is very interesting. Like that in and of itself, I think is really not typical. I mean, that's, that's, um, like IMAX film stock, which is <laughs> very interesting for a movie like this. Um, what I didn't like about it was the fact that everything st- felt like there was Vaseline over the lens the entire time. Yeah, everything's kind of this, everything's like, blurry. I don't know if they were going for like a summer look because this is like the summer. So I don't know if they were kind of going for like a hazy, like a hazy, yeah, foggy type thing. I'm not sure. Like, and I kind of agree with you. There was. There was moments where I I liked it, but then there was moments where it seemed like they wanted a touch just a bit too far. It was just and it was it, just a yeah. bit too much out of focus. It's the only criticism I have with this movie. It I just didn't like the the blurriness of it. Like I, I have really bad I have really poor eyesight, so I think it was just really triggering for me more than anything. Like I'm watching it. And I'm just like, Oh God, this is how I see without glasses or contacts. Like, please, yeah. please make it stop. It's it kind of like fucks with you. Yeah. While you're watching it. Cause you're like, are, are my eyes fucked up? Well, I thought at first I thought maybe it was the stream. Like I was like, Oh, is it like, is the stream messed up? Is it like, is it lowering the the quality? Did they? Is the transfer? Is something weird with the transfer? And then as the as the film went on, I realized like, oh no, it's it's supposed to be like that. Which again, it's not a huge deal. Like, I think it's more than a nitpick for me, but at the but it's a very light criticism. Like, it didn't detract too much from the movie. As I said, this was ended up being my favorite movie of the festival. So yeah, I just. <clears throat> for whatever reason I, I just wasn't super into the, the 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 blurriness of it and yeah i agree with you that that in some scenes it did work you know like some of some of the outdoor scenes and stuff i thought that it looked fine and i think that it did convey that that summertime vibe but yeah overall didn't didn't work for me however the the film as a whole i thought was fantastic and i loved it uh, yeah actually i love the the mood of this yeah um this is this is one of these movies that is very light on plot which i like it just follows hannah this character hannah played by hannah lee thompson just follows her around trying to get a job meeting up with her friends doing her odd jobs and it's just you know a slice of life type of thing it feels very uh docudrama-esque where it, it has kind of a, a very realistic tone to it uh i thought that hannah lee thompson was a delight in this i think she did a really incredible job and uh oh, yeah. yeah i i just i highly recommend this I, certainly i understand that this wouldn't be one for everyone just because it is pretty light on on conflict and maybe maybe people have issues with that but for me it was one of the draws yeah and it that i enjoy a nice little slice of life type deal especially when it's this when it has this kind of mood to it this kind of atmosphere where it's just you know very nice 
it's like everybody, a tenderness to yeah, it. Yeah, everybody was likable. The the relationships that everybody had with each other were good and and felt you know felt very realistic. I mean, like there certainly there were some there was conflict there. Like I, I feel like this stuff with the brother, like the brother was such a. Uh, I mean, they they establish him as being this kind of maybe a little bit of a douche. Um, yeah, he's 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 a guy that's like super into tech startups. Yeah, he he himself. seems like the kind of guy that would wear the the Patagonia power vest. Like he he's like that. Fuck. He'd be into that. I love I love when when we first meet him. He's coming over to stay for I. It seems like a very short amount of time, like maybe a weekend or something. And he brings his standing desk with him and his external monitor. And he has this whole like work set up in the kitchen. And you're just like, come on, dude. Which I got to say, I've never seen a standing desk in action. So when I first saw that, you know, when he's in the sitting position with his monitor and everything, and he goes to the standing position, I was very confused. (laughs) And I also thought it was perhaps the funniest thing I've ever seen. Now I use a standing, I'm using a standing desk right now. However, it's not that one. Like my whole right. desk is right. Are you standing right now? Do you stand? Yeah. When we record? Well, really? not, all, not all the time, but right now. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I, so I'm in front of the computer all day. So, uh, it got to the point where I was just like, I'm sitting too much. Like I'm, I'm sitting like, I don't know, 10 or more hours a day. And it was just, it was way too much. So I got a standing desk and now I stand almost all day. It just feels better. Well, the standing's not an issue to me. I think it was just seeing the transition. The, 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 the raising of the, yeah. yeah um, seeing that in action, just, I've never seen that before in my life. It's just very <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> so just to just to put a picture in, in listeners' heads, it's one of those ones that's like a, it's like it is a portable standing desk. So it sits on top of a table or a regular desk, and it's one of those black ones that has like the lever at the bottom, and you just you can lift the whole thing up. We have we actually have those in our in our office, and uh, yeah, you know they're they're kind of. They're kind of, they're whatever. <laughs> but get it, get it back to the movie. I really enjoy it. Like, although there's not really a plot to this and there's not a ton of conflict going on, I did like what they were going for in the overall messaging. Was oh, yeah. That, you know, she had all these small jobs, but there was a real sense of community there where she's helping out people that she knows. She has great relationships with them and everything. And then her brother kind of pushes her towards getting legit employment so to speak and like all that kind of like falls away and kind of deteriorates because she's so busy with this air quote legit employment which of course a lot of those places don't you know when she's doing the interview where it's like we don't have to give you health insurance but they do which is pretty cool on their part you know right a lot of these places are gonna fuck you over more so than working your odd jobs even with a legit thing, she's probably still going to have to go on GoFundMe for medical stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. And I think that it is a really good a statement on the, you know, how how employment is in this. Yeah. In this country. And I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering, like, if that's changing, if that's in the, in a, the process of changing at all because of COVID and the the dearth of service uh, employees, service workers. Yeah, I would hope so right now, because I feel like a lot of these like restaurants, um, like anything that's involving like the service service sector, like they need people, like they have no people, you know? So I feel like it's should force them to, raise wages and provide a living wage to their, their employees. But I don't know. I'd be curious to see like what the data is on that in a couple of years. 
Yeah, but yeah, I, and I I was kind of surprised that the again this had another emotional gut punch, which was surprising that I got like it affected me that the the creamery shut down. I've never even been there. I just learned about it at well in this movie, and then when they go and it's shut down, I'm just like, no, not the place where these guys get their ice cream. Well, the the thing is, like that's that's a scenario that does kind of hit home for for you and you and I because we grew up in an area that did have like uh f- locally famous like small mom and pop type of places that that were shut down like Zimmy's yeah I was upset I was upset yeah. when Zimmy's shut down oh there's nothing worse than when the mom and pop places shut down and we've had ice cream places shut down where we're from. Who the fuck wants Cold Stone Creamery? Well, I don't want that shit. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. I, I am a staunch, staunch uh, opponent of Cold Stone Creamery. I think it's disgusting. Yeah. It's fine. And I, I lose respect for anyone who likes Cold Stone Creamery. I got uh, my ice cream's the Masonic Village. We have a huge Masonic Village here. Oh, yeah? Massive massive campus for the masons for they retire they got it man they got farms all sorts of shit it's huh. insane interesting got a whole school here they own like half the fucking town but man they got good ice cream fucking give it to them one thing about where where we grew up in pennsylvania great ice oh, cream ice cream we got dude when it comes to snacks here between potato chips, we got like twenty five different potato chip companies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. in this fucking county, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, pretzels, ice cream. Oh my goodness! You just if you want snacks, this is the place to live. Oh yeah, Central Pennsylvania, baby, snack capital of the world. Hell yeah, definitely the potato chip capital. It's got to be. It, yeah, it's got to be. And probably pretzels too. All the biggies. There's a lot of pretzel company. Yeah, like Snyder's. You got Snyder's. You got Hammond's. Oh yeah. Oh, now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. God damn it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Hannah Haha. Absolutely, keep an eye out for this one. I think that it is excellent and well worth a look. And I think that this actually did win. Yeah, it won the grand jury prize. I think. I think so. So, yeah, definitely, uh, def- definitely check it out. Civil, I think the Civil Dead also won that won that the won audience it. award, I believe. Yes, correct. This one also won something, but I can't remember what it was. And that was Therapy Dogs by Ethan Ang. Yeah, that one. Other. Yeah, that did win. Um, shoot, what was that? The director won. He he won like okay. a grant. He ended up getting like a twenty five thousand dollar grant. Damn! Congrats, Ethan, on your twenty five k. This is, I mean, that's pretty good for you know. I think he's a, coming out of high school. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like a high schooler, just graduated. Give me a break. That's big time. So that's what therapy dogs is. It's them like they kind of set it up at the beginning where they're like. They're kind of making this like senior video and under the under the guise of you know working for the yearbook, but what the people at the school don't know is that dude, they're just making a movie. Yeah, they're making a movie. Just, they're telling they're everybody that it's for the yearbook, but it's not. It's their own version, which is going to end up playing at Slam Dance. Yeah, which I'm sure they probably <laughs> weren't thinking of when they were making it. No, definitely not. They, I really doubt that they thought it would probably leave the confines of their little town. Yeah, especially as Canadian filmmakers. Yep. Playing in a, a festival in America. And I like the way that this is, the, you know, the, the setup of this, how they, and then them getting on top of the school and doing the ridiculous dancing with the, the music and the fireworks going off and the, the text overlay. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I'm I'm gonna dig this, and for the most part, I did dig this. Uh, the only thing for me is I I feel like I'm just I've grown out of the targeted audience 
range for this type of movie, perhaps. I don't know. It's I... just so high school centric. Oh yeah. Which makes complete sense. I mean they're of doing course. a senior video. They're high school students. Of course. But I'm just not interested in anything to do with or around high school. You know, I was thinking about this when I was watching this movie. And while at first I was like kind of feeling the same way as you, where I'm like, I think that I'm just too old for this. Like, but then I was thinking about like all the other kind of high school movies that I still like. Um, a good example, I think it would be the dirties, which uh, is directed by Matt Johnson. He actually was like an executive producer on this movie. And then like, all of the other kind of high school centric movies that are, or, or even shows that I, I still watch now, granted, like some of those are, are like South Korean crazy horror shows on Netflix. But, um, I think that maybe in, rather than me f- just feeling too disconnected from being in high school, uh, I think that it, it was more so that it was very specific to this high school. And a lot of it to me felt like just home, home video of, of, uh, you know, these, these kids in this very specific time and place. And I think that that maybe that's part of the disconnect. It's not, it's not so much that it's been so many years since we were actually in high school. It's more like, Imagine if this was a, a documentary about like Dallas Town High School, and it was our friends in this. I think that it would feel different for us. So yeah. I think that that part of it is just the the fact that the the kids who go to this school are going to get way more out of this than you know some some random you know nearly forty year olds. Yeah, and I think even just. like the locality of it if you went to high school in and around this area yeah maybe you know now it would make more sense like if we if this was not to say dallas town area high school but just a high school somewhere within the confines of york county or one of the surrounding counties there would be more of an interest on our part now i do think that there are there are some universal themes that you can take away from this and especially because you know we this this takes place in a suburban town where i think regardless of whether you're in canada or the u.s or wherever a lot of these suburban towns just look and feel the exact same and you know when you watch this it even though it's like you know more than a decade since we've been in high school like I, I'm still feeling like, okay, well, yeah, things are pretty much still the same. Like, not, not a whole lot's changed. Yeah, I think this this movie definitely has its moments. And I think that's the thing is it's so kind of chaotic and just kind of like cut and paste together of random moments throughout the year. So obviously, inherently, it's going to be that. It's going to be a mixed bag. Yeah. Now, I, I think I, they do. They do capture some really great moments. And I think it really works in the sense of these guys are just kind of aimless mm-hmm. where they don't really have, you know, they don't have like scholarships lined up and that kind of thing. Because yeah. even when they're talking to that one guy that they spend some time with the, the Kevin, when they're talking to him like later on. And he was like, yeah, I kind of want to go to L.A., but like, I don't really know anyone. I don't have any connections. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I think that it's more interesting to follow kids who that do that do feel that aimlessness. And I think that the movie does a good job of reflecting that where these are kids who and, and, you know, I was the same way. I think you were probably the same way, too, where we weren't thinking about our five year plan or anything no. like that. <laughs> the, 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 like that wasn't, no. you know, we were, we were thinking like days in advance. <laughs> like if that we were, we were very short term people. I was essentially that kid in the beginning of this movie where they're like, what do you have to say? And he's just like, goodbye. That's it. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted school to be over with. I just wanted to work. Just leave me alone. Yeah. I don't, I want a paycheck. That's it. Like, I don't want to go to school. 
just let me clean other schools and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I think that, uh, that there were several things that resonated with me in this and I, I could see myself in some of these kids and, but I, I do agree that I think that some of the sequences were a little bit too long. I think that some of them were kind of boring. Uh, but I did, I did like the overall vibe of this. And I, I like the kind of experimental nature of it. This is, a, it's, it's sort of a hybrid. It's mostly a documentary, but I think that some, some aspects of it are kind of fictional. And mm-hmm. I think, I kind of like that. I like that it definitely blurs those lines between narrative and documentary. Yeah. And I think that again, comes back to it's inherently a mixed bag because they're just, they're kind of trying everything. Yeah. They're just throwing it all in there. It is, it is a very chaotic movie. And I think that that fits very well within the, the, the personalities of the main subjects. But as a result, you know, some of it just doesn't doesn't really work great. Like the prom scene was too long and kind of kind of dull. And then there's other scenes like the 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 water tower scene was great. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a really compelling debut to think to think that this is a movie that high schoolers made uh, is incredibly impressive because I think about the dumb shit that I was making in high school and it's like not even on the same level. So I think in that regard, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. This is definitely an admirable, admirable movie. They do. Like I said, it has its moments and again, it's going to be kind of a, a mixed bag for Mm -hmm. audiences. I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. The next one that I saw was, uh, killing the Anuk Khan. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. I don't think you saw this one, right? No. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. Uh, this one did win. This one won an award as well. I don't recall which one. Uh, th- this was not in competition. It was like some sort of like breakthrough category or something like that. It's directed by Abed Abest. It is a an Iranian film. And the thing about this is that it is insanely like visually striking that the, this movie is on a complete other level when it comes to cinematography. I mean, it is absolutely jaw droppingly gorgeous, like mind blowing visuals in this, in this movie. It looks so freaking good. Um, however, the overall narrative I think is it's it's just a little bit too obtuse and I had a hard time remaining engaged because so much it just it's so slow while the visuals are incredible there needs to be something to support them and there's so many like lingering camera shots where there's like almost no movement on the screen there's no dialogue and it just goes on and on and on. And you're just like, ah, come on, what's what's happening here? So for me, this was like, uh, it was just a real mixed bag. Like I wanted to like it because the visuals are just so incredible. And I almost want to recommend it just for that alone. But at the same time, it's like, hopefully they'll make a trailer for this. And you could just like kind of watch the trailer. Or maybe if you watch it at home and like, watch it on double speed or something. I know that's horrible and like sacrilegious, but it's just, uh, I just couldn't get into it, man. Like it was just too much. I I'd like that. This is sort of a statement on conflict and war and all of that. And uh, it's very specifically looking at the, uh, Iran, Iraq conflict, but you know, I'm not, I'm not connected to that in any way. I don't know a whole lot about it. And so watching this, it's like, I can, I can appreciate when like, there's a scene when, um, this, this guy's two daughters get killed after, um, a, a, a bomb 
gets dropped like onto their house basically. And there's like, so there's certain sort of universal themes that I can get behind and I can understand. Um, but even those, like you watch a guy dig a hole for like five minutes, like no exaggeration. He just real time digging a hole. And, and then you, and then you spend another five minutes of him filling in the hole, like covering it back up. It's just, it's too, it's just too much for me. Like I just don't have the attention span for it. I get really um, impatient with movies like this, despite them being absolutely beautiful. The only thing I, the, the other things that I have is I watched a bunch of the shorts. Uh, I just highlight some of them. Uh, the first one to highlight is In the Jam Jar by Colin Nixon. This is uh, presented in like a, a circular aperture type deal. Hmm. <clears throat> Haven't seen one of those and, in a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. Uh, it works really well. I like the look of it overall. Um, the first half of this is an 81-year-old mother by the name of Joan kind of recounting her final days, musing about her life, her son, this and that. She's she's in the process of dying, and it's just kind of like her doing voiceover and just kind of like a company slice of life, like little snippets here and there, kind of, you know, like a visual poem type deal. And it works really, really well. And then, like, at the halfway point, switches over. After she passes away, it switches over. And it is now her son, her 50-year-old son, Dan, kind of doing the same thing in the second half. Is him kind of amusing about her passing and his life with her and stuff like that. And it's just, like, it's got, like, nice little moments of comedy. Uh, I mean, it's packs an emotional wallop, I thought. And just overall, just really solid stuff. Cool. And that's in the jam jar. I saw straighten up and fly. Right. This is directed by Steven Tenenbaum. And, uh, this one, it involves a, a young woman living in New York city. She is, she has a rare form of arthritis that like causes her to be completely hunched over. And, so it just kind of follows her life and the struggle, just the, the everyday struggles that she has from getting dressed, taking a shower. She's a dog walker. So that plays a huge part in the movie. Um, and like just her doing her job and how her disability affects her ability to do the job. And then like um, the interaction she has with some of her clients and she ends up meeting this this guy who also has the same affliction and they they sort of become friends and he kind of helps her just be a happier person and uh it, it's really good i can definitely recommend this one when i first moved to new york i i was i did become a dog walker so i kind of i do have experience with that and i think that they do a good job of uh properly conveying the New York dog walker lifestyle. And uh, it's, it's funny. It's heartfelt. Uh, I, I can definitely recommend it. Kristen uh, Abate is really good in the, in the lead. Steven Tenenbaum actually plays the, the, the friend who also has the, um, the arthritis and that he has that in real life. So there's definitely some, you know, it's, it's definitely drawing from real life experiences, I would imagine. So it's, it's good. I would, I would definitely recommend it. Straighten up and fly right. This is one that I think will definitely have more mainstream appeal. And I think that it will easily get picked up by somebody. Yeah. This one does not have mainstream appeal, mostly because it's a short, but also because of what it is as a short but god damn it it was funny as hell it's so goddamn entertaining it's called we are such stuff as dreams are made on by sam crane this is just a short like seven eight minute doc this is just a british guy sam crane the director attempting to do shakespeare inside the confines of grand theft auto <laughs> i did yeah i read about this so i had to check this out and first is him trying to do it on the beach 
and he keeps getting exploded. People keep shooting rocket launchers at him while he's trying to do Shakespeare. Uh, so he ends up enlisting another friend of his, and they do it at like an amphitheater inside of Grand Theft Auto. And a guy shows up, and he's like, you know, sit out in the crowd. So he's sitting out in the crowd. Another guy shows up. He's like, wow, we actually have two people here to watch. So they start doing, I can't remember. I think they do Hamlet. And, of course, the other guy starts shooting the other guy. And then the cops show up, and the cops are shooting. But they're still trying to do it, like, on the stage while everyone (laughs) else is trying to kill each other. (laughs) Helicopters coming in and stuff. It's It's just funny. It was just a hoot. Yeah, I'm gonna, ridiculous. I'm, I'm gonna give this a look today. This, this is definitely one that I need to. As someone who used to play GTA Online a lot, I, I definitely need to. He's trying. He's trying so hard, <laughs> but he reacts to to being killed, and <laughs> just the way he reacts because he's so calm. It's just it was wonderful. Um, another one that I could give maybe a light recommend to, but I'm still kind of processing it actually is retrograde. I just watched that. The I watched this, this, this morning, this is a Canadian comedy uh, about a, a young woman who she gets a, a minor traffic citation. So she's, she's merging onto the highway and she cuts off a cop and the cop pulls her over, gives her a ticket. And she feels like, the cop waved her on. The cop was not letting her over. So like when she was trying to merge onto the highway, she thinks that the cop was going the same speed as her and not letting her over. And then he waved her on. And that's, and that the cop is like lying about what happened. So she decides she's going to fight this. She's going to fight this traffic citation and it's going to just take everything out of her. Like she's going to risk her job. She's going to risk her friends, everything, because she is going to fight this traffic citation. And I, the reason that I, I'm kind of still processing it is because, like, while, while I think that it is a very well-made movie, the, the main character, played by uh, Molly Reisman, is so grating. But at the same time, she's so real. Like, I feel like we all know someone like this person, or maybe... Some of us are this person and they're just so awful to be around. But at the same time, it's, it's also kind of very entertaining. And so that's, that's why I'm like having a hard time with it because uh, I hated spending time with her, but at the same time, it was all just so very enthralling and like it was very intentional. And so as of right now, yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm definitely gonna give it a recommend. This is directed by Adrian Murphy. I don't think I mentioned that. Uh, again, it's called Retrograde. This is another one that I think will get picked up by one of the kind of maybe smaller indie distributors uh, because it, I, I think that this does have some a little bit of mainstream appeal to it as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, another one that does not have mainstream appeal, mostly because it's a 3D virtual reality film, and mm. I don't think they're in the mainstream yet. No, no, they're not. This, this is called Monte Gelato. So uh, what this is, is the Monte Gelato waterfalls in Rome have been used as a backdrop in like more than 180 film, TV, commercial type productions, right? So what the d- director here, David Rapp, did is he mapped all of those mm. in, a, in a virtual reality. So directly in front of you is the waterfalls themselves, all right? And then the 360 of it is the landscape surrounding, you know, if you were standing there in real life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So each, it just cycles through like all of these. So it'll be, you know, productions from the fifties. So it's in black and white or productions from the seventies, from the eighties, you know, it might be a sci-fi film, a, a period piece. It might be like a Spanish production, an Italian production. It just cycles through them. And they, wherever they took place, it's mapped out geographically within the virtual reality. So if it's directly in front of you, which the majority of them take place at the waterfall. So it's mostly in front of you, but it might be, you know, directly to your right. So you have to pan over 
And then, you know, like the scene moves in. And it's just wild how he maps all of this out and he keeps it all like overlaid, like as it's happening. And it's just really interesting to see like how it changes between each production and like throughout the years and stuff. And you can see like what they built and added to like the one that they, like, they built a little makeshift bridge over it for like this like Western. And they have like massive castles in the backdrop that you can see there like a like a painted background type thing. So it's just really interesting to, to pick one location in real life and then map out like the entire history of that location on film. It's just really wild to see. Yeah, this sounds incredibly fascinating. This yeah, is, this it's is fucking really, nuts. Yeah, this is this is really cool. I don't have to check this out too. How is this available? Like, can you watch it in VR? I, I don't know. Like, I watched it on YouTube, and it had like the like the three D aspect. Uh, okay. You know where I could point and like you yeah. know, drag it and move it around and everything. So you probably went, okay. So you probably can watch it. So if you have like the YouTube app in your Oculus headset, you uh, it'll automatically switch it over. So yeah, you should be and able when to watch you're wearing it when you're wearing the headphones, it's awesome because you can like you can tell where the sound's coming from. Uh, this the spatial audio. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the The last one that I'll mention, the last one that I saw, uh, unfortunately, I'm just going to end this on, on a bit of a downer for me. It was The Severing. And okay. this is uh, just directed by Mark Pellington. The reason that I watched this is because the synopsis just says Pina meets Saul. And for me, I was like, okay, Pina meets Saul. I, li- I actually liked Pina, believe it or not. Uh, and I'm not like a huge dance movie person, but I did, but I did enjoy Pina and obviously I like Saul. So I was just kind of intrigued as to see like, all right, well, how does this work? Um, and unfortunately it's like kind of what you would expect from an interpretive dance movie. It's, uh, like people just contorting and moving around and it's like this kind of, the music is not very interesting. It's just this kind of like ambient droning and they're just it's like people who look sort of like zombies like they're they're, they're like super dirty and like they look infected with something and they're just moving around and dancing and, and writhing and it's just not for me plain and simple like i think that some of the sets are really cool looking and they do this thing where it's like almost like a it looks like a like a like a GIF or a GIF where it's like this kind of moving back and forth type of thing. Yeah. Which looks kind of cool, but yeah, at the same time, it feels incredibly pretentious. The title cards are kind of cool, but they're also like, they also feel like ridiculously pretentious. Like this movie takes itself way too seriously. And uh, yeah, just not for me. Can't, can't recommend it. Let's talk about what we have in theaters this week. Got a got a couple biggies. We got Death on the Nile coming out. I'm, you know, I'm slightly. Should I know what this is? Uh, it's the uh, Perot one, the the Hercule Pro one, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. Right. I'm. Uh, it's the one with um, Gal Gadot. I'm yeah. interested. Russell Brand. <laughs> That's right. interesting. All right. I mean, I don't know if I'm interested enough to like go see it in the theater, but yeah, is this, I don't know if this is one of those ones that's going to be hitting HBO max. I think this is one of those things that was a good idea a while ago and then things happened <laughs> and it's just really unfortunate because <laughs> a lot of these people are just, mm. yeah, I'm pretty sure this was supposed to come out like a long time ago. Yeah, that's just unfortunate the way things playing out like that. Uh, we also have Marry Me. This is the uh, romantic comedy with Jennifer Lopez and and Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. So there's been that. That's a that's one. Also, Blacklight, which is an action one with Liam Neeson. Didn't he say like years ago that he was done doing the action movies, but then he just kept doing them. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's easy to say that you're going to do something else 
and then those opportunities aren't there. Right. Yeah. And then that ch- that check is sitting there. <laughs> he he thought like, he'd ah, be able to like what? transition back into like dramas, but yeah, that's not gonna at this point. Like, nah, dude. No, this is what you're doing now. Yeah. On VOD this week, let's see. On the eighth, we have Alone with You. Uh, that is a uh, that is a horror movie, I believe, with um, Barbara Crampton. As a young woman painstakingly prepares a romantic homecoming for her girlfriend, their apartment begins to feel more like a tomb when voices, shadows, and hallucinations reveal the truth. Oh man, looks interesting. Uh, the Tiger Rising is coming out. This is a this is starring Queen Latifah and Dennis Quaid. Interesting pairing. Yeah. It's uh, adapted from a, from a book. We got the Fabulous Filipino Brothers. Uh, we got... What, this, is a, this is about the dude who played Rufio in Hook. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Huh. All right. We, and then on the 11th, we have Worst to First... That is a documentary about New York's Z100 radio station. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Talk about a niche. Come on, man. Like, really? Uh, we got Super Cool coming out. That is a uh, comedy, looks of it. Those Who Walk Away, Boo Boo Stewart stars in this thrilling horror film, which is all filmed in one shot. Oh, boy. Also on the 11th, we have I Want You Back. That's going to be on Amazon Prime. That is a, uh, a rom-com with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. I'll probably give that a look. We got Catch the Fair one. And then I uh, believe that is it. Yeah, that's all we got for VOD. On Blu-ray this week, we have... Uh, let's see. Summer School from 1987. We got Foul Play from 1978. Uh, it looks like the Spider-Man trilogy, that's the Raimi one, is coming out in 4K. In a little box set. La La Land is coming out in 4K. Don't Go in the House from 1980. That new Resident Evil movie, Welcome to Raccoon City, is coming out. I didn't mention that on the show because I think it was like over the holidays or something, but I did see that and it was pretty bad. It was really bad. Oh, oh no. It was, yeah, it was, it was bad, but it was also kind of fun. Okay. At least got that. Yeah. I think it was kind of better than the, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson resident evil movies that have, it definitely, it, it, it definitely like was a more, straight adaptation of the game. Okay. It was a closer adaptation, but it's still not good. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? There's a, uh, a, D- a DC animated movie called Catwoman Hunted. It's coming out. Um, King Richard from last year. That's the one with Will Smith. There's a limited edition version of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. That include it's like a, it looks like it's a, some kind of box set that includes like posters and it's it's interesting that they're doing that for that movie. Yeah, that's an odd choice. Surf Nazis Must Die from 1987 is coming out on Blu-ray. That's a trauma film. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean it's I've seen that movie a couple times. It's pretty bad. Uh, let's see. The Antichrist from 1974. Legend from 1985 is coming out on Arrow. That might be a re-release. Uh, we got Liar's Moon from 1982. That's going to be on the MVD Rewind Collection. Let's see. What else? <sighs> Looks like a lot of re-releases. That's uh, pretty, pretty much it for notable releases. What about Criterions? Uh, hold on. Because as soon as you were like winding that down, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. My thing's coming up. I need to look into this. All right, we got one. And that's Miller's Crossing. Joel Cohen, 1990, Miller's Crossing. Got there you go. New conversations, new interviews, all sorts of stuff on there. There we go. Miller's Crossing. Check it out. 
get it. it that, that, one, that one's pretty good. That one's worth a look. Oh, definitely. Definitely worth a look. Gotta check it out. Oh, good gangster. Gangster movie there. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to uh, podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net, at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be great. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Bye.